I think overwhelm is something that most business owners encounter from one time or another, especially so for business owners who are in the messy middle. So for business owners who are feeling that sense of overwhelm, I really do think that firstly, mindfulness is going to definitely help you. The second part is to have some support in your business. This is where I come in with my clients. As a coach, I hold space for my clients. Hi, and welcome to the Bright Minds of E-Commerce podcast. I'm Dana, founder of Bright Red Marketing. And after helping so many businesses in the e-commerce space over the years, I wanted to bring you the best advice from Australian experts in e-commerce and e-commerce store owners. If you want any relatable stories and actionable advice and the latest Facebook advertising strategies, you're in the right place. Want help with your Facebook and Instagram ads? Remember, you can always book in a free strategy session at brightredmarketing.com.au forward slash free dash strategy dash session. We'll run through your ads, see what's working and what's not, and no sales pitch, I promise. So let's get into today's episode. On today's episode, we're joined by Christy Robinson. Welcome, Christy. Thanks, Dana. I'm so excited to be here. So good to have you. So tell us a little bit about yourself and how your business came to be. Yes. So my business journey started in 2010, so about 12 years ago now. I left a 10-year-long career in corporate and started my small business journey with a provider based in Sydney. And so I left a very stable career, started my business, and I was very excited about this process. However, just after I signed the lease, I found out I was pregnant with baby number one, which was both exciting but also very daunting. And I wasn't sure how I was going to make it work, but we pressed on. Anyway, over the next few years of having that business, lots of trials and tribulations. But what I came to realize was how intense it was and how lonely this journey became. It was such an an incredible experience. But at the same token, throughout this period, I found myself feeling underneath my business and I didn't know where to look to find the answers. And back then there was very little support and resources for business owners, let alone female business owners. And so a few years down the track, I found myself after many sleepless nights coming to the decision of what do I do next? And we knew at that point that we wanted to have another child. And I knew also at that point that I didn't want to bring another life into this high octane, very stressful situation. So I made the decision to sell the business, which was a difficult decision. So if anyone's ever sold a business before, there's a lot of sense of failure wrapped up in that. And so it took me a long time to unpack the decision to do it. But in hindsight now, obviously many years on, I know that it was absolutely the right decision for me. In the seven or so years in between my two businesses, I worked further on my skill set, working my way from sales consultant all the way up to state leadership level. And I became obsessed with coaching. Like I'm talking obsessed. I would spend all my time learning about leadership and coaching. And I knew that that is exactly how I could support other business owners with their businesses, knowing that all the things that I had experienced to that point, I knew that I could pour that into a business. And so when we moved from Sydney to Brisbane, I knew that this was it. This was the time. I'd written the business plan a couple of years prior. And so I launched my business. But Dana, like with many business owners, I struggled with imposter syndrome and serious fear of failure. And so I launched the business with more of a done for you element rather than coaching. However, six months down the track, I realized that really wasn't the right fit and I needed to own my strength and my power. And so ever since then, 
I've been coaching small business owners who are in the messy middle to work through their challenges so that they can grow their business sustainably. I love that. And I think that's so relatable for a lot of people, which I think is always helpful. (laughs) It's a good story. You mentioned a couple of things in there that I want to touch on. You said about the sense of community. Is there anything you recommend for business owners that are in that space where they do feel really alone? Oh, look, there's a lot of things you can do. I mean, back when I had my first business, Instagram was not even launched when I launched my first business. There was no Facebook groups. There was no online community. I think back then the only thing that was available to me was going to Business Chicks. And even that was still, you know, you're only networking with the people around you. But I would suggest with anyone who is out there running a business, doing it alone, you absolutely need people around you. So whether that is in person and now that we're coming out the other side of the pandemic, and of course, it's going to be around for some time now, but getting out of our shell, I think that we feel like we're connected to the world because we're behind screens. But I think being in front of people is the best way to build relationships And then also online, of course, but I do think that if you haven't been out networking, that's a really great place to start. And of course, you can't go past having a mentor or a coach. Yeah, I love that. I think it's been a really hard thing for me personally, because in COVID, I have worked from home. I've always worked from home. I never had that sort of work colleague relationships. And then COVID hit and all of a sudden, all my social stuff went down the drain. So for me personally, I've actively tried to join masterminds and groups and things that in COVID we're doing Zoom calls, but now we do lunches. And I think that's made such a big difference for me as well. Yeah, I think that we get too comfortable behind our screens. And I know I've been guilty of that. And because of the pandemic, I think that many people suffer from a little bit of social anxiety and a little bit of awkwardness because we haven't really been doing as much of that over the past couple of years. But absolutely to your point, getting in front of people, having lunch, connecting with people in real life, that's where you're going to get serotonin as well. You're going to feel really good after an experience like that. And you're going to fast track relationships in person than what you would online too. Yeah, totally agree. So I know something that you really focus on is systems. So can you give us a bit of an idea of why the systems are so important, especially for an e-commerce business? The thing about systems is that systems are a way of being able to get from A to B in the most effective way. And I think that when you don't have systems in place in your business, you end up doing the same things over and over and over again. And if you're touching and doing all the things that could be streamlined or automated, then that is a sunk cost in terms of time. And let's face it, our greatest resource as a business owner is time. And if you're wasting time, then that's going to detract from really important aspects of your business, perhaps income generating aspects or growth tasks that are going to take your business to the next level. So in my view, systems are imperative, but also it safeguards your business, Dana. So if you're the only person that knows what to do or how to do it, it's all locked up in your brain, then you're unable to get support in your business, which There will come a point in your business, in your e-com business, where you will need to get extra support. And if you have all of that in your brain and not documented, then that's going to be really hard to bring someone else into the business. And it's going to be much more time intensive because you're going to have to take it out, put it down into a system. Yeah, I think that's so true. I think a lot of e-commerce businesses, especially when they're starting out, obviously they're doing everything themselves. And then it gets to the point where they're ready to hire someone and that becomes an absolute mission because literally everything is in their head (laughs) and it's really hard to get out. So I think that's great in terms of 
even doing that when it's just you, even if it's just like really simple systems, but just sort of getting it a bit more streamlined and organized so that when you do get to that point of growing and hiring, it's not such a mission. And here's the thing. I think you're absolutely right in that sense. Do it now because when your business grows, growth can happen really rapid. And if you're not prepared for that, then there's going to be a whole knock-on effect inside your business if you don't have those systems in place so that you can bring the right people into the business or be able to bring in a new tool to be able to support you. Do you have any favorite systems you like to implement for businesses? Not necessarily software, but particular processes and systems that you find really helpful for most businesses? Well, I think it's starting with what are the repeatable tasks in your business? What are things that get done all the time? So that can range from your marketing right through to your distribution, how you're handling your clients and so forth. So having standard operating procedures is important for every business. And so even just starting there and then from there, you'll be able to get a good gauge on what sort of tool you might need to implement in your business to be able to support that with automations and and so forth. Yeah, lovely. I know a lot of people get really sort of overwhelmed with automations. Mm. Do you have any sort of tips for people dealing with that overwhelm? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, look, I think automation can sound like such a big piece of work, but I think if you've got the standard operating procedures in place, so if you've got the process, that's what we're talking about here is a process essentially. So these are the step-by-step processes that we take from doing task A, for instance. And if you've got that documented, then putting that into an automation is going to be so much easier. But the problem is, is that what a lot of business owners do is they start with the automation and then they're like, oh, I better think of a process. I better take that out of my head. But they're not thinking about, well, what's the process that I want moving forward? And so if you've got those standard operating procedures, for instance, it does make it easier. So that's the first thing. The second thing is, is that you can start small. You don't need to automate your entire business from the get-go. You can start with simple things that become a bit of a time chokehold for you and start with that. Once you've nailed that, move on to the next thing. I think that's really good and also good advice for me who's in the process of automating things. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. You said something before as well in terms of when you start outsourcing and hiring people. I know a lot of people have problems and challenges around sort of letting go and letting other people take over tasks and things. Do you have any recommendations or tips for people in that sort of situation? You're on the money. I think a lot of people really struggle with letting go of control, especially because to your point, what you mentioned before was that as business owners, we do all the things. And so handing that over to someone else feels like, well, are they going to do as good a job as you? But I think my question to you is, is this the best use of your time? You have to be coming back to what is the best use of my time? And if my time is spent in my emails, responding to inquiries, when I could be thinking about what does this next product launch look like? Or how can I refine this product over here? And you've almost got to think about it in the sense of, well, yes, I can do that. And maybe I can do that really well, but I can actually spend my time more effectively in other areas of my business. So that's the first thing. The second thing is you need to get the right fit in your business and not just thinking, okay, well, I need to get a VA and the VA can do everything. And that's, I think that's what a lot of people do is they, their first resource is a VA. 
and expecting the VA to be able to do absolutely everything. Whereas you're probably <laughs> you're probably better off with two VAs, one VA that helps you with the tech side of your business and one that might help you with the client journey or the customer service and things like that. So really thinking about getting the right resources in for the right tasks and not trying to get one resource in to do all things because you've been able to do all things. It's very different as a business owner to be able to do that versus someone who's coming into someone else's business. Yes, and I feel like people don't pay enough for someone to be able to do all the things. Oh, totally. But also you're not getting the best resource for your business either because, you know, you don't want a jack of all trades. You want a specialist to help you with aspects of your business and that's where you're going to get the best results. Yeah, I totally agree. I just find it funny when someone's like, I want my first VA and I want them to be able to do customer service and my marketing <laughs> and my web tech and my emails. And I'm like, those are four very specialized roles. A hundred percent. So we've touched on a couple of things that would help with this, but I know it's something that you work with. Are there any recommendations for business owners feeling very overwhelmed by their business as a whole? I think overwhelm is something that most business owners encounter from one time or another, especially so for business owners who are in the messy middle. Messy middle, as I describe it, is coming out of that startup stage and your business is really growing at this point. And so to this point, most business owners have been doing all the things themselves and it's worked, right? But then when you get to this point in your business, you've got volume on top of that. You don't have the same amount of time to be able to deliver on all the things in your business. And what ultimately ends up happening is that there becomes these stress points that create additional overwhelm for the business owner. So let's say, for example, you've got all of these sales and you don't have the time to be able to fulfill those sales or deliver on those sales, or maybe you don't have enough stock. And so, that creates enormous amount of pressure for the business owner. In addition to the responsibility of running a business, of growing a business, of all of the things. So for business owners who are feeling that sense of overwhelm, I really do think that firstly, mindfulness is going to definitely help you having some sort of mindfulness practice, whether that is going for a walk, listening to some calm music in the forest or in a reserve, that's what I do, or whether it's journaling or whether it's just whatever that might look like for you. So I think that some sort of mindfulness exercise is essential. The second part that I would say is to have some support in your business. And this is where I come in with my clients is that as a coach, I hold space for my clients. I hold space for them to be able to come, bring their challenges, help them work through their challenges so that they can move forward. And it might seem like a big investment hiring a coach or a mentor or whatever that might look like for your business. But if you're constantly feeling overwhelmed and reactive in your business, then that's actually going to limit your growth and it's also going to ultimately lead to burnout. So I think having someone in your business supporting you, the business owner, is essential. I think something a lot of people can take note from and whether maybe a business coach is out of their budget at the moment, mm. but you can find mentors, masterminds, memberships and those sorts of things that give you a little bit of that while you get to that point. Absolutely. And the other thing is group coaching as well is really great for that because some people might not be able to hire a one-to-one -one coach, but having group, being in a group setting or as you said, a mastermind, just being around other people that are in the same sort of situation, there's some comfort in knowing you're not alone and that there are other people in a similar situation to you. Totally agree. What are some of the core areas you think business owners need to focus on if they want to start scaling and growing? Well, the first thing is, can you handle the growth? 
So to our point, <laughs> question. <laughs> so to our point before is that if your business isn't set up for volume, then that's the first thing you need to do because happy customers, they may not be that loud, but they're great. But if you have unhappy customers, they are loud and that can be detrimental to your business to scale too quickly. And I can think of a brand, a clothing brand, I won't say what type of clothing it is, and they were doing really well putting in all these Facebook ads. And I remember ordering a piece of clothing from them and it took three months for it to be delivered. Now, bear in mind, Dana, this was probably five years ago now that this happened and I still remember it. And I still look at their Facebook ads to this day and think about that experience. (laughs) Right? As you would. As you would. But, I mean, they're killing it. They're doing so well. But I think about it and I think about how it would have been so much better to make sure that you've got either production set up, you've got the product ready to go before you're putting on Facebook ads. I think often there's this pressure to just go big and then apologize later if it goes wrong. But I do think that you also need to protect your brand because customers have long memories. As an example of what I just said before, (laughs) I'm very aware of what it's like to be a business owner and I'm very aware of the issues and I have no judgment. So please don't think I'm judging this brand. But I also think that those are things that last in people's memories. So if you're thinking it's time to scale, make sure that your business is ready to scale and can handle volume of clients. You mentioned it briefly before, but when does someone know it's a good time to hire a business coach to hire that sort of help? I think everybody's different, but I think that if you're finding yourself looping on the same sorts of challenges, mindset issues, that you're unable to take action, I think that sometimes we we know that we want to get to this point and we know that this is our goal, but our actions are not congruent with that. And we're often keeping ourselves stuck by doing the opposite of what we need to be doing. If that's essentially what we're talking about here is self-sabotage. And if you're in that place where you're just not able to take the actions or you just don't know what to do, then hiring a business coach is really going to help you. And I want to caveat every business coach is different, but my philosophy is in alignment with true coaching philosophy in that you, Dana, are the expert of your business. Me, Christy, I'm the expert of my business. And our role as a coach or a business coach is to ask you the right questions so that you know where to look. And that's half the battle. When you're in the story, when you're in your own business, you don't even know where to look because there's so many things that are vying for your attention. But a business coach will help take you out of the heat, take you out of the situation and go, hey, what's going on over here? And then that will get you thinking about, hey, what is going on over there? I didn't even realize that that was happening. And then you can start to make those decisions. But without that external party, it's really hard to know where to look because there's so much going on in your business. That's so true. Like you just need someone to come in and have a look at things from a fresh set of eyeballs and see things that you haven't been able to see. Yeah, absolutely. So what would be your top three tips for an e-commerce business? My top three tips, I would say, firstly, I think we can't go past what we were saying before is to document what's going on inside your business. As you said, Dana, even if you're a solo business owner at this point, get that source of truth into be it a project management tool or even in a Word document, whatever that looks like for you. The second one I would say is to listen to yourself and to back yourself. There's a lot of noise out on the internet that's going to tell you how to run your business. And there's a lot of noise about what does a successful business look like. So you've got to trust that instinct. 
And then the third one is to surround yourself by people that are going to help you to get to that next level, that are going to support you, but also they're going to help challenge you as well. I love that. And I think you have a podcast on like doing things differently and not following just what everyone else seems to be doing on the internet. And I really love that philosophy. My podcast is Run Your Business Like a Boss. My whole foundational piece is around you're the expert of your business, but I give you tools and guidance into what to look for and a lot of awareness building. So I believe that with any change that needs to occur in your life and in your business, it all starts with awareness. If you're unaware of what the challenge is, if you're unaware of what's going on, then you can't make any changes. So a lot of the content over on my podcast is about bringing about awareness for you so that you can actually make some true changes inside your business. I love that. Is there anything you think we've missed before we wrap up into our last couple of questions? I think the one last thing that I would say is that you're not alone. Business is a roller coaster. There's going to be the highs and there's going to be the lows. And I think that that's what I really struggled with the first time around is feeling alone and you're not alone. It's a hard journey. I think that it's important to know them. Do you have any strategies, habits that you follow each day to help you stay on track in your business? I have a very structured business in the sense that I know exactly where I want to be and in the sense that where I want to be in my business long term, but also where I want to be in my life. And I think that we didn't actually touch on this, but if you haven't built in space to honor your life priorities, that is going to ultimately lead you to burnout. So for me, I have two little kids, an 11 and a half year old and an eight and a half year old. So I structure my business so that I'm able to be there for them after school hours. And so that's all wrapped up in my business model. That's not why I do my business. Why I do my business is because I'm so passionate about business owners and I don't want any business owner to feel like what I felt all those years ago. But I also honor my boundaries and honor my life in what I want my life to look like. It's very easy as ambitious people, type A personalities, which is what a lot of business owners are, <laughs> let's face it, yep. to be addicted to work, to be addicted to be busy, to be addicted to significance, all wrapped up in this thing that we do, but that's not who we are. So you have to make sure that you're structuring your business in and around the things that are important inside your life as well. So even just having that in place is probably my number one tool, I would say, in my armor so that I have a successful life as well as a successful business. I love that. I think especially in a world with so much hustle culture, gross, it's so important to focus on life. And I think so many business owners get so excited about starting a business that they ignore the fact that they have a life. And I think that's why having outsourcing and growing and so that you can do that is so important. So I appreciate you touching on that because it's something I'm quite passionate about as well is that life is important. Like business is great and we love our businesses, but if they're taking you away from your life, that makes me sad. <laughs> and I think here's the thing. Women in business, it's like really rallied up in the last sort of six years or so. And if we think about a lot of men back in the day, they would retire and they would struggle with, well, who am I? Mm. Who am I if I'm not working? And if you're thinking to yourself, who am I if I'm not in my business? Well, then that's a problem in and of itself. Yeah. So we need to make sure that, yes, our business is important. Yes, we want to grow our business. And yes, we have this big vision for our business. But life is such a finite, special 
time that we're walking this earth and you want to be able to honor that. I think that was probably my biggest lesson when I hit burnout for the second time was I don't get a do-over. I don't get a second chance on this earth. And so I'm going to make this thing the best that I can. Yeah, we're in total agreement on that. Do you have a favorite podcast? Feels anticlimactic after that, but we'll go with it. (laughs) Oh my gosh. I'm an OG podcast listener. I've been listening to podcasts since around 2013 and I have so many. I listen to a lot of life podcasts as well, just on neurotypical, uh, neurodiversity, on frugal living, on minimalist living. I've got so many. I can't pick a favorite, but I also think that if you're only listening to the point of what we said before, if you're only listening to business podcasts, I would encourage you to listen to your favorite business podcast, but also incorporate some lifestyle ones in there too, because that's also really fun. Yeah, I agree. And tell us about how people can visit you. Well, first and foremost, my podcast is where you're going to get the most from me. I'm also on LinkedIn and Instagram or on my website. Wonderful. We'll put all the links in the show notes. Thank you again for joining us. It's been a pleasure. Thanks, Dana. I've really appreciated being here. Thanks for listening to the Bright Minds of E-Commerce podcast. As always, you'll find the show notes at brightredmarketing.com.au forward slash episode 44.